Achievement unlocked. Two players and a podcast now loading. Dreamers and Flam family, this is Two Peas in a Pod brought to you by General Andrews and Liberty Flam. And we are sponsored by the 8-Bit Dojo and ESN, where we aim to be selfless, not selfish. Also today with us, our special guest, Chuck Huber. This is episode 37 of season three, the perspective of an entertainer. Hey, Flippity Flam, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, General Andrews. How are you? I'm doing amazing. And you know why I'm doing even more amazing than normal? Oh, please tell me why. We are fortunate once again to have another talented individual on this podcast. And let's not waste any time. Let's just jump on into it. Chuck, the Chuck Huber is here with us in the studio. How are you doing, Chuck? Doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, You know. It's it's another day above ground is always a good a good time. I mean, most days. Yeah, very true. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's too hot to be above ground. You know, it's like I might want to actually get in that well, like, lower yeah, level. We're probably. getting into the the nice weather of Texas right now, though. It's nice. It's like regular fall weather now. We've gotten out of the summer, which is always terrible. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. The summer yeah. is bad. I'm in Arizona, yeah. so like. <laughs> same, same deal. Yeah. Same same heat problem. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> too much heat. It's like this podcast. Too much heat. Too much heat coming at you right now. So, the name <laughs> of today's episode is the perspective of an entertainer, right? And so, mm-hmm. as we start delving into this perspective, what are some important takeaways that we want to do? And I think I want to roll into this first question that I actually have prepped here before we just start tangenting, because tangents are fun too. Let's fill in the individuals who might commonly know you for your voice acting roles, such as you know Emperor Pilaf, Android Seventeen, Kuragiri from My Hero Academia, and Hi from Yu Yu Hakusho. Which, by the way, I find to be impressive after taking one of your classes and still be astounded that your voice acting is actually you because you have such a range of voice acting. I'm like, wait a second, that's Chuck. Like, I know this is Chuck, but like I'm listening and I'm trying to pick out the parts that would be the Chuck isms in the way that you're voice acting. A good example would be like in, in class, I got to see you do Emperor Pilaf, right? And oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so like when I when I listen to him be in I'm rewatching uh, Super right now, actually, I'm like, oh, my gosh. OK, yes. But then I go and listen to Android 17. I'm like, I know that's him. But how? It's just my voice. Android 17's easiest for sure. Uh, you know your voice like i i get i get that people don't (laughs) sometimes people are like you don't seem like the same character and other people are like i can always tell when it's you because you're always the same and i'm like well there seems to be a range of opinions on that i just did a i just did a a video game and uh did it remotely and they were like we need these these uh, lines redone because your voice changed and it sounded like you were a different character in fact, people were saying, did you have to hire a new voice actor halfway through? And I had just we were we were running running the session pretty fast and loose, working off of like JPEGs inside folders with uh, spreadsheets. So I was just bouncing around a bunch of different characters. And I guess my voice slipped out of out of whatever it was normally in. And they thought it was a totally different actor. And I listened to it and I'm like, those guys both sound like they're faking it. And it sounds like me faking it. Like, because <laughs> like, you can't I can't trick myself with my own acting. Very occasionally I can. But most of the time, I'm just uh, uh, I'm just bothered by it. I'm like, God, that guy, yeah, that's <laughs> such a dork. <laughs> I'm glad you say that because it actually makes me think of when you know I was taking your class, and there'd be times I was trying to do more impersonations for some of the things and try to really embody that and kind of push my threshold. That you know, one of the greatest things that you had said was actually go back to your baseline, and then you you had me do this almost any time that I was doing the any of my voice acting bits and I feel so much more comfortable now going from my baseline and leaning in to voices that obviously you've been doing this for decades that you know the ins and outs of that how how did you come about that level of comfortability is it just repetition or yeah it's repetition of course but uh, I mean a lot of what happens is as you get more and more experience you naturally like anything if you're 
shoveling rocks into hundred pound bags and stacking them two ton on a pallet. You know, you learn the most efficient way to do that by the time you've done it 10 or 12 times. And you learn exactly how to put your hands and exactly where to, you know, how you're going to accomplish this sort of large task. And voice acting is a very large task at times. And what that starting from your base, your relaxed place is an efficiency that comes about with experience, but it's not an efficiency you can't learn early. You, mm -hmm. you don't. I learned it through experience. Um, I was always, I tended to work too hard most of the time. And I probably still work a little too hard. But when you are efficient and relaxed, Bill Murray has one of the, my favorite quotes. We were just saying it the other night. There is no situation in life in which relaxation does not make it better. And, and <laughs> yeah. the, it is true. If you are relaxed, you are going to produce a better product, whether that product is sprinting from a lion who's trying to eat you or, you know, acting a great work of Shakespeare. Relaxation. I mean, you're not going to like chill while a lion's chasing you, but you're going to find the most efficient way to run away from it. So every task and every everything an actor does is based on trying to accomplish something. You want something to happen. And when we become efficient at achieving what we want, uh, you know, that usually comes about through the, the actor, one of the actor's most important uh, habits, which is relaxation. And, and with the voice, it's even more apparent because when you are pushing with your own voice, you start to limit yourself in some ways in terms of choices mm. that you can make as an actor. So as soon as you relax, what I've noticed with students is that when they relax back to their natural voice, they are more organically connected to the moment and, and make better choices moment by moment because they're just behaving as themselves. Wow. That, that is yeah. so true because I, I know when I was I got all sorts of wisdom. I will, I will throw wisdom <laughs> on that line. Yes, we love it. I, I want to be a sponge. I know I got to keep on keeping the flow going, but I'm just like, no, sure. let's just be a sponge for a little bit longer. That uh, <laughs> where I could feel that when the monologue, which was the last thing that we had to do for the amazing four week course that we had, that it, I felt like I actually could be emotionally connected instead of trying to be this clone of the moment, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. And because of that, even though there was lots of growing pains throughout the, the course of that class, is that now when I try to do things or even explain aspects of these to anybody who's been interested in my like uh, attempts at wanting to become a voice actor, that they're like, wow, that's a really interesting thing. And I feel so much more comfortable and confident because of coming back to this relaxation, bringing it back down, making it simple. Uh, one of the things I learned the most that was so helpful of relaxation was the relaxing of the tongue and jaw. Because I there's so often yeah, yeah. there's so often I would pop because of I'd be waiting so long to like nope wait for your turn wait for your turn and then go mm -hmm. and it was just that whole that you would explain it was just yeah. enlightening yeah uh, your your tension in your mouth and your face and your tongue it was a yoga teacher I took a Yengar yoga for years and years and and our our teacher had studied directly under the 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 master and he uh, did a demonstration for us at one point he was like seventy eight years old and he did. Uh, a headstand and as I was when I saw him do that I was 18 at the time I was like I'm I'm going to do a headstand for the rest of my life like this old wiry dude I just saw do a headstand <laughs> and but one of the things one of the the cuz you're doing these forms in yoga and they hurt and many times in college we were hung over yoga class was at 8 a.m. Yeah. and so <laughs> She would always do all these poses for us to like drain our livers and get our gallbladders. She's like, oh, you look like you mean this. She wouldn't, you know, but it was really accepting of like, it's not like, hey, you're in trouble. You came to class hungover. It was like, let me show you what yoga does for a hangover. But inside of that, one of the things she would always say, she would say, relax your tongue, relax your tongue. And it's it was amazing that as soon as you relax your tongue, you start to, it's like a core habit of relaxation because there's something about the relaxation of the tongue which relaxes the thoughts because we do a lot of thinking in our brains through tension in our tongues because uh, and I don't have the linguistic or sociologic or, or neurobiologic reasons why but we spend an inordinate amount of time subvocalizing meaning firing the the neurons and uh, nerves 
nerves and slightly the muscles that would be speaking the words that we're thinking inside our head. So as soon as you, and the, the human body is a feedback loop. It, mm-hmm. it is, mm-hmm. it, it, what it takes in, it puts out, what it puts out, it takes in. As soon as you relax the tongue, you relax the thoughts and, and you can sort of feel all the relaxation spread right from there, right from, and it's fun. It's so super fun when you catch your tongue in one of those fixed states, one of those like, and, and that's what General was talking about. If you if you're tense and you open your mouth to talk and you make a smacking noise, you're literally breaking a vacuum seal in order to begin speaking. And we should never, never feel that amount of tension just because we're waiting for our turn to speak or we're listening or we're, you know, about to perform. Like that attention to that singular place for relaxation has. It's like if you were to pick, like, what's the. If you had to pay, like, I can only think about relaxing one part of my body, uh, you know, on a habitual basis. If you start with your tongue, it spreads from there. Uh, the, the relaxation goes, you know, throughout the brain, which then affects the body, and then, then you're relaxed. Didn't even, <clears throat> didn't even think about the tension in the tongue until you said it, and then I'm like, wow, I do have a lot of tension in my tongue. And I, oh, I push my tongue do. to the to the front of my teeth and like on the top of my mouth. And I'm like, oh, I'm a nervous wreck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, and if you p- pursue that back further, what I like to do when I make a kinesthetic discovery is to sort of follow it back in terms of like, what was my thought right before that tension creeped in? And you can kind of roll the tape back a little bit inside your brain. And as you put attention towards something like tension in your tongue, and so that you become conscious of it, you become conscious of a greater period of time around that tension until you discover what was the thought or repetition of thoughts that I was having that was causing the tension in my tongue. And and if you can ever get that to be a phrase that you can write down and see and put outside your brain for a minute and, and give it a good examination, many times we'll find these phrases that we say to ourselves came from a, a a parent in a time of tension or a bad moment or a bad lifetime, depending on your parent or, or a brother, sibling, a friend, or, or sometimes it's as, as stupid as, you know, Dally McMahon in third grade when you stood up and she was like, <laughs> your zipper's down and you're like, and, you, and then you couldn't uh, talk. Yeah. Uh, oh, those moments <laughs> haunt me they, to this day. They do. <laughs> we do. And we do. We, we work on that. We work. That was one of the main focuses in class was working on being able to sort of integrate any performance trauma that we may have had, any, any embarrassment or, or just practice the idea of being okay with ourselves failing. Um, you know, how to how to make that a good thing in our lives so that we're not afraid of it anymore. Because that's the thing. Fear is the mind killer. Fear uh, all uh, that doesn't do anything for you. Fear is not fear is good to prevent you like fear. Fear will creep itself backwards through time from the moment you should really be afraid. And you'll get that tingling sensation that like, hey, something's wrong. Fear is meant for saving your physical body. Mm hmm. Fear is not meant for, you know, making sure you sound cool in a, in a new group of people, you know, like that's, that's like applying uh, murder to, uh, (laughs) you know, a a book report, like murder is a good solution. No, 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 no. You're just giving a book report. Like your body is charged up to kill, to flee, to fight. You know what I mean? Like that's what that fear adrenaline is meant for. It's not, I mean, we've been abused by it mm-hmm. because it's been manipulated by the way advertising and, yeah. and now it's not even advertising but it's social media and clicks and words and buzzes and likes and things that you know give you that dopamine hit but oh, then hit you yeah. with that irrational fear so that you you know you, you we, we're being programmed this way so we are obligated to deprogram ourselves to be chill and relaxed and I start with my tongue well you wouldn't know it from as long as I talked to just <laughs> <laughs> do you even relax ever chuck oh my gosh i know uh, oh my god <laughs> i'm glad you brought that up with the the deprogramming because actually one of the things that I, even i knew because for doing all this you know being a fitness trainer for years on years and not just you know once you get some people will get the certi- certification and just kind of go from and wing it there and just i want to work you out hard
postpartum, here we go. It's like, no, I actually wanted to understand the body science, the body mechanics, you know, the, the mental attrition going through applying these physical uh, types of deals. So thinking back on all of this, it, it's such a, the dopamine response that people would be getting from those kinds of things, such as I only got 10 likes this time. Am, am, I, am I a failure? And the, this fear that's creeping in, it, it does a thing to dexterity as well. So if you were oh, actually fearful while doing an exercise, you might not actually be able to do it because your dexterity is being lost because of that fear. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, uh, that's, it's true. I mean, there's probably a whole host of things that make us susceptible and, and suggestible. And, you know, you go into this, uh, one of the, what, there was a new relaxation technique. I think I just taught it this last class, but it was about panoramic vision, about opening up your vision so that you are taking in the entire vista from, from left to right and, and up to down, like as much as you can. Cause so much of our lives are focused on narrowing our vision. Mm -hmm. And tunnel vision is a physiological response to adrenaline. So adrenaline is a physiological response to tunnel vision. That's the way the human body works. So if you are constantly tunneling your vision into an app or a screen, uh, you are opening up the channels that allow the adrenal, the adrenal system to be hacked, for lack of a better term. I mean, that's essentially what the internet is doing to us is hacking our adrenal system to uh, feed itself. <laughs> and that's I'm glad you say that because one of the hacks that you helped us now I'll use the word hack again just you know to go with the flow here was me making a conscious effort whenever it is you're done with the phone you go and plug it away from you so you can't you can't reach it like yeah you can get up and it's maybe it's across just across the room but that little thing where so for myself I have I, I do an overnight show so therefore there's a lot of times my my sleep schedule already is kind of weird and all that jazz but what I've done is I've told myself okay once I hit midnight midnight to 10 a.m I can't use the app Twitter because Twitter is probably the most easiest one to just jump on make a a, a funny joke make a, a candid response make a a statement of fact or opinion and where <laughs> <laughs> where you know you can just keep on diving into it and you get in these rabbit holes i mean there's times where i'll go on a thread and i'll just keep on clicking just so i can block people i'm like what am i doing oh my gosh get out of here oh my gosh what am i doing go away where thanks to that i've i've gotten time back i've got i've gotten right. you know some of that restlessness has gone away because i've made the cognitive effort the conscious effort to go ahead and say hey nope you don't get to control me from these hours yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things I tell, but like the easiest way or one of the ways, and I got this from somebody on some podcast somewhere, but said the, the easiest way to limit your interaction is to just delete Twitter off your phone or delete Facebook off your phone. Sure. You can still get it get to it through the browser, but yeah. it's just a little bit harder and you're just mm -hmm. a little less likely to just, and turn off, I turn off all notifications. Same. I don't get yep. any yep. notification. I don't want, I don't want all those coming through on me all the time. You can't focus. That's overwhelming. No. So, I spam him too yeah. much as it is. I mean, are you kidding me? He doesn't want all those notifications. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. Well, veering from that, I want to go a little bit further into some of the the acting aspects of your career. Sure. Let's go and jump on this thing. Uh, what's one role you wish you would have landed? And what's one role that you look back at and say, shoot, that's not what I envisioned when I when I took this role initially? Uh, you know, I, I, listen, I'm happy with all the roles I've ever gotten. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think I could have asked for for a better arc of characters for for me to play around with. I did live in Austin uh, during the casting for Attack on Titan and Mike Ooh. McFarland was directing it. And Mike and I have been friends forever. I know I would have been in the running for something in that I had. I had vacated the the town and at the time when you did that you didn't you didn't audition you didn't act there it wasn't a thing they did so now it's all remote so it wouldn't affect me but uh, so attack on titan is one that it would have been fun to get get something okay, a little yeah. more meaty in that <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, as far as one that turned out differently than i thought it would i don't know if that i can't i can't really think of one i can't really think of one that that meets those parameters everything i know enough about my own acting to know what i'm giving so okay. I'm, i've never really been surprised have so i been surprised by no i don't think i've ever been surprised on you. like yeah, i want you to be this i 
I know we did this at the audition, but you know what? I want you to roll reverse that and just completely go the other way. And you're like, I mean, I can do that, but what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, uh, I had ideas for Android 17 that, um, and they weren't what Sabbath's ideas were. Sabbath's ideas were, he was, he was like, no, man, no, just relax. Don't do anything. And I just kept doing less and less acting. And then suddenly I was just like, I am Android 17 and I will kill you. And he was like, that's perfect, man. I love it. I was like, I'm <laughs> literally doing nothing i'm doing i'm just reading the words and trying to be dead inside and he's like do it man that's perfect and so it ended up i mean it was a different kind of acting exercise because it it quite often involved the note uh, you did too much acting on that one or you did too much or he had too much life so it, we'd have to like make him make him more dead inside uh, which was really a fun i mean it was it was the most relaxing recording sessions ever and and back in the day during dbz android 17 didn't do any fight reactions he fought like a motherfucker uh, yeah. can you see that i used a swear word for you yeah good thank uh, you perfect we met the explicit <laughs> it's explicit content yeah. penis <laughs> i just said penis um yeah you know so uh he he turned out to be android 17 turned out to be uh uh, pretty much a badass, but not because of anything I did. It was really all, <laughs> or because of things I was able not to do. But I, I would get the note, too much acting. And I'd be like, okay. So I would just say the words and occasionally they'd make me do something different, but probably the easiest acting I've ever done. That's great. That's awesome. I've got a quick question here. Uh, do you have a favorite voice acted line that you've done? Favorite line? Uh, you know, I'd say of the recent uh, stuff, when Android 17 says, look at me being all human and, you know, throws down the sacrifice play. That was pretty dope because he, I mean, he it is starting to have some real character growth and starting to be, you know, it's an, he's an interesting character. Very much so. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because rewatching Super right now, it's, I really liked where they, what they did with the tournament and the actual, like you just said, the, the, the growth of some of these characters, because a lot of them had very specific things where they were in DBZ, uh, depending on, or Dragon Ball, if you're talking about, you know, like someone like Roshi or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Where you have a very long uh, period of them being around and just to really still see growth in it. And I do remember that. And it, it felt so, it was such an interesting combination of like almost smarmy but real you know like mm -hmm. look at me being human and you know it's like whoa okay all right i, I like this that's, that's funny that you brought that one up that's pretty cool yeah yeah it was a fun one it was good okay so we've never done this with anyone before because normally when i type in their name in the uh gif search here n normally nothing pops up but but chuck you are a special individual and so when i <laughs> when i type in chuck huber i actually do get one gif here on discord and it, it's this one would you mind explaining <laughs> to us this scene if you don't mind <laughs> oh oh that's a, that is that is a fantastic memory. We are being, oh God, I can't remember. I'm going to get in trouble uh, with the Star Trek fans. They're going to be like, you don't remember the name of the episode or, or what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't. I showed up, I did my job. Um, yeah. <laughs> but in this one, everybody's being, there's a, a, um, a space creature that is sending out waves of anger that make us all uh, turn very angry. <laughs> and at one point, Michelle's character comes in and just drops me like a bag of dirt. <laughs> I just love it. I make a really fun noise too in the <laughs> just have to say that's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, back around and then the slump. Like she was jaw. That was so good. Like when I saw this, because I, I, I went to your website, I was, I was like, wait a second, Star Trek continues. No way. And then just the other day, thanks to us having to move things around, I started typing in. You know, I was like, I wonder if there's a Chuck Huber gif at all. Like, there, there's got to probably show something from from Star Trek, especially because how big that franchise is, or maybe from voice acting. Maybe somebody was smart enough to kind to put you know a couple of those things i wanted to see what there was this came up and i was like i have to do this don't warn him just bring it in and see kind of what <laughs> he says about it 
That was a, that was a very fun day on set. That was a very fun series to work on. That was the closest experience I had to long form episodic television. Mostly I was day player on like network stuff. Okay. So I never got to be there episode after episode. But with this, we grew up, you know, we did it for five years. So it was four, four years, five years. You know, you get to know the crew. You get to know all the actors. You get to my buddy, my buddy Ruben Langdon in the back there. Um, <laughs> Ruben's my bro. Uh, but yeah, that that experience, you know, because you get craft service and you got your your Applebee's that you go to after because yes. we're in the middle of Kingsland, Georgia. There weren't there weren't a whole lot of options, but uh, it was always fun, man. That was such a fun group of people. Really, really lovely. That's so awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear this. This brought a positive, you know, reaction. I was, I was like, I hope I, I, I told Flip, I was like, Flip, just yeah. be prepared. He might just hang up the call and be like, what was that for? You know, and I'd be like, oh, my God, that's what I was about to say. I was like, he told me, I'm like, all right, man, it's your prerogative, but sure. No, I wouldn't. That's, no, that's an awesome shot. Yeah. I'm, I'm quite, quite proud of my my crumple that I did there. Yeah, no, all the way back to the ground. I mean, you, you did a really good job of going slack, which is the hardest thing right. I think when doing it for acting falling or being not, <laughs> so to speak, is that so often people will fall in a direction that is comfortable, not what would be real, because when you're knocked out, you don't really have a choice. Your body just goes limp. And it just falls down. That, yeah. that was good. That is pretty good. I'm, I'm enjoying watching myself. I think this is good therapy for me. Okay. <laughs> You didn't okay, let me do the noise real quick. I'll do the noise. There we go. Here, watch. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, gosh. Oh, that's funny. All right. <laughs> all right. As much as we can continue to, to jump all over this, it's 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 too much fun. Um, how easy or hard do you find it to be in, let's say, the writer's perspective when doing acting or voice acting? I, I say that question one more time. I'm not sure I understood it. So, for example, I'll, I'll say it one more time and then I'll kind of give a little bit more to it. So maybe that helps paint this a little better. When you are sure. doing the when you're doing your acting or your voice acting and you're getting the lines and you're 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 practicing, you're reciting them. How easy or hard do you find it to be in the writer's perspective? So you're you're capturing what they wanted for it versus your take. Because I know you you've been doing this long enough that people like your input too on things. So how do you find yourself to be inside their perspective, or is it really just a lot of repetition and eventually you'll learn it? Yeah, I mean, you you have to play the bones of of no pun intended the bones of what's <laughs> there. But you, I mean, so you you can't invent whole cloth any other realities on top of what the writer already has there. But you are certainly capable and allowed and expected to bring life to it in ways that the writer didn't envision. So it's this sort of tension between you know the writer's intention is, and so, and a lot of times you'll see, oh, I know what the writer means here. Mm. I would do it this way or I would accomplish it this way. And so sometimes you, you're still working for the writer's goal. You're just understanding the scene or the situation or the moment better than they. So like they'll give you a guidepost and you fill in the blanks. In the best writing, you don't have to do much of anything. In the best writing, you just show up and say the lines and okay. you end up being brilliant. That is the joy of working with, and that's not to say you don't have to you know do your job and get up to speed and do you know all the work that you have to do when you're acting anyway but with good writing you are just elevated in a way and equipped in a way to do the best work that you possibly can do so when when there's awesome writing and you know you don't have to adjust anything internally away from or on top of what the writer gave you you sort of fit to it like a glove once you get what the writer was intending. There's a playwright named Tom Stoppard, who is just a British playwright. He's just, his words are just brilliant. He's, his conversations are brilliant. His, his, uh, his thoughts are brilliant. And so you feel like the smartest person in the world when you're doing his characters. Uh, yeah, the, the bring, you bring what you can to it always. Uh, okay. And the less the writer, <laughs> the less the writer has done their job, the more you're going to have to do your job. Good writing is, that's what's mostly missing most of the time is good writing. 
Ah, okay. I feel like that was something you touched on a little bit in one of the classes, and I was just, I'm, I'm glad to hear again, you, you extrapolate on a little bit more, and that, that was quite helpful to hear that because I feel that's uh, one of the things that individuals don't realize is that a lot of times, you know, the actor will do the best they can with what's in front of them, but sometimes the writing is just not not there for some yeah. for certain yeah. roles, for certain situations. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons it can go wrong. Writing is is the first place you look. Sure. Okay. If there's good writing and bad acting, you're like, what did you do to this? You ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> and you see that occasionally you'll see that occasionally with like hollywood movies where they cast someone that they really shouldn't have cast but they did it to and you're like ah you you yep didn't, you didn't shit all over it but didn't ride you didn't ride rise to the level you didn't you know you're like eh all right you survived it. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you say it that way, because there's times where now versus when I was a child and I, you know, I might say something like, oh my God, they have it so easy versus that. Well, that's probably my real voice still, but I, I try to sound older now. And mm -hmm. where now when I see different things and different, you know, media posts or whatnot, social media and all the other, other kind of stuff where they'll say X, Y and Z. And I'm like, but I don't know. I don't know that person. So I don't know their perspective on this. Like, is that really how it went down? Is that really what happened for this actor? And so a lot of times I'm just like, I, I don't know. Maybe they had bad writing. Maybe they are bad at, you know, voice. Maybe they just didn't want, they didn't get the right pay. So they're like, well, I'm going to give you my 50% discount because you weren't going to pay me. And so there's so often, it's very interesting to hear that kind of stuff from someone obviously who's a professional and has, you know, gone through a few different uh, sessions <laughs> of recording yourself. <laughs> a couple, couple, three. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways it can go sideways uh, for sure. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's the actor's job. It doesn't matter writing, doesn't matter directing. And you're the one who gets all the praise if it goes well, but you can get all the flaming too if it goes yeah. poorly. So it's, it's uh, you know, but you always got to, even if it's the crappiest writing in the world, you got to try to bring it because it's just on you anyway. Like costumes falling apart, your the set is bad, uh, the whatever, craft service is terrible, you got gas, doesn't matter. Once they call action, you gotta you gotta bring it. You gotta, you gotta be the cause, cause it's gonna be it's gonna be on there for it's gonna be on the internet forever. Yes. True. <laughs> like you you just always wanna be represent yourself well and, and the art. All right. So since you said sometimes, you know, you get a lot of praise, you get a lot of flack. What, have you gotten flack for any of your roles? Because I, I feel like, you know, again, have I seen everything? No, I'd be lying if I said I've seen every single thing Chuck's ever done. Uh, but everything I have seen, I'm always like, give me more. Now, how often do you feel like you get the, the reverse of that? Uh, you know, for for. Uh, pretty much everything I've ever done, I've gotten de decent feedback or excellent feedback. Uh, occasionally, there will be uh, things I do that aren't the greatest, uh, not to name names, but you know, mm -hmm. even even in the anime world, there are there are shows that are not necessarily designed to uh, appeal to the highest of all our interests. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Uh, but you know, even that said, I mean, I, you know, I get I get some I think if anyone has just hated me ever uh early on in my career I did a Shakespeare play and I was too young for the role and everybody just like uh. flamed me for being too young for the role <laughs> and, and I was like well I can't do anything about that this is just right. the age I am you know so that one that one was a little frustrating I was like well that's not that's the director's fault it's not my fault you know <laughs> Uh, and we tried to fix it. It was it was just one line. I just wanted to cut one line where I, I referenced my son uh, at college, and I was only like 23 or 24 at 23 <laughs> at the time. So it was like I'm referencing my son at at, at college, and I'm only 23. And obviously, look not like I'm. What would you have to be to have a son in college? 32, 33 at least. Yeah, yeah at least yeah. the time frame of whatever that is, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Uh, 
you know, I got I got some flack for that, and I was also I was also excelling in in Chicago theater, and so there was a lot of pushback for that. Because uh, when you succeed, that's when everyone's gonna. Re- I I did and early on in my career, my agent was the former agent of Matt Damon, and and we went out um, hung out in L.A. and he said you can you can either be mercilessly critiqued or completely ignored. Take your pick. But the the and that that said something to me. It was like okay, well if you can't if you don't want to be critiqued, you have to be ignored so it was like well i didn't want to be ignored right yeah. I'm, I'm getting more comfortable with it now that i'm older <laughs> now i'm okay. like you know what i think i'm just good with being ignored i think i want to take care of that <laughs> my house and my children and you know, build a tree house for the grandchildren and just quietly fade away like homer into that bush that's right exactly <laughs> just sliding on out of here that's right that's right graceful exit <laughs> And, I, and I'm glad that we kind of started talking about this uh, subje- the subjective portion of it because, you know, that, that was one thing that also resonated with me from the class was when you had said that just because you don't get audition, don't immediately take what that person says and say, oh, that's it. That's what I have to now do because that's just one person's perspective. Now, at the end of the day, it's your choice. At the end of the day, how you do it is, is completely up to you. You got to have trusted people around you that can give you good feedback. Um, great directors are like that. Uh, great directors can change your acting abilities. Great writers make you act to the best of your abilities. But great directors will show you new ways to do things and find the faults and flaws that you have and tell you in a good way how to release them. But um, yeah, for sure. Now, how, how long, though, did it take you to kind of be this voice of reason? You know, because I, I feel like a lot of people lean into you now when you're able to, you know, share these kind of tidbits and whatnot. Did you feel like that really early on in your career? Or was that something that just kind of eventually grew? Like you said, once you got older, you kind of now you're like, ah, you know what? I don't mind being ignored a little bit more often. W- where did this kind <laughs> of fit into the scope of everything for those that are aspiring to how to, you know, how can they keep on approaching it when they might feel, you know, a little bit uh, uneasy or anxious? Yeah, well, you you can't early on in your career you can't be ignored i mean the only reason i can be ignored now is because i've done just about everything you could do in in anime so there's there's not much more i can do there um but early on in your career you want to be noticed but you want to be noticed and this is the important distinction excuse me you want to be noticed for what you actually enjoy doing um a lot of times actors feel like they will do anything to try to make it and that includes sublimating their own instincts for the instincts of someone else and that is a classic mistake and can make you very miserable in your career because you're doing things not the way you want to do them and martin scorsese says the most personal is the most creative so it is incumbent upon you to be open and and creative from your core a way that is true and honest and makes sense to you and is is important and and speaks your philosophy you know parallel to the the what the writer is saying either in juxtaposition or in congruence with it but you 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 have to be you you have no choice and you the the, the only choice you can make to not be you is to fake something and then it's just you being fake you're still you you're not fooling anyone with what you're trying to do you you just have to be plainly yourself and then start to adorn it with the reality that the writer is has you know brought to life you adorn your your personality with traits that are larger or smaller you know your voice with qualities that are similar but sharper or you know um ways of dealing with the world that are similar to what you do but darker or lighter so that you're you know always always sort of subjecting yourself to a change of values in terms of you know what's it's important to me and how do how is it important to this character and why is that different and how you know how would i emphasize that and you know so it's always a measure from yourself uh, all the characters are 
that's so awesome because uh, let's let's first remind people that I, I messed up this one homework assignment that we were supposed to do. I was actually supposed to be doing <laughs> this whole uh, doing my Russian dialect in uh, for flap for flap of of dubbing. However, this this assignment that I had heard, I was like, wait, I'm supposed to okay, I'm supposed to put myself in this uncomfortable situation and then at, you know take the uncomfortable situation and then act from there. But that was supposed to be for class, not for the 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 actual homework assignment. And I just got into it. I was like, okay, so I'm gonna put myself in a cold shower here and i'm just gonna feel it i'm gonna feel all the emotions and then i went and i did my you know after like shivering and get that off away from me i was like okay let's go and i went right into it and so it was so much more me because of what you had talked about before come to find out i was the only one who had done it incorrectly and i was like oh <laughs> yeah you say you say incorrectly but it's such an interesting way to approach the problem i mean and there's no wrong way uh especially in, in with the style of teaching that i have so long as you're addressing the challenges in front of you whether that challenge is I don't want to do this or that challenge is I want to do this you know in this way or the challenge is you know some misinterpretation of of direction it doesn't matter the challenge is still there and the lesson is still there as well and as I recall it was interesting to hear you <laughs> it was interesting to hear you uh, uh, discuss the comfort challenge in that way well th thank you thank you and I know everyone thought with the added music to it that it was going to be some porno scene but it wasn't it was just <laughs> my experience with a cold shower it was you know it was nice. just, <laughs> i was just trying to set the mood like it, we were out there in the tundra and well you know everyone took their their perspective in into check there so i, I learned <laughs> oh okay here uh flippity flam do you have any other beautiful questions for this amazing man oh i do here um when you're doing voice work with another character uh in a scene you have lines to do that is it i know you mostly do those alone right is that's it, correct how hard is that to do that to have a conversation with somebody who's not there um well you know it's interesting because it's easier in some ways because you mm. don't have to worry about being um present to another actual live human who's going to react to what you do so you you know nothing you do is actually gonna change the character so you 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 get to there's a certain freedom in that and and that freedom does not necessarily make it easier um because then the challenge becomes because with a live human in front of you there's so much more magic or material to work with mm -hmm. in terms of crafting the reality between you in terms of both of you opening up a an, an imaginative space around you that you you know uh, you're you're immediate organic agreements allow it to come to life you know like there's there's a gardener's challenge in that you know pruning away and 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 letting things bloom and uh, you know in the scene itself so there's there's challenges to that but it also makes it uh, in some ways easier because your task is very apparent it's the person that's in front of you and what they might do on a moment by moment basis but with the voice acting you have to imagine being in that situation, even though you know nothing's gonna change if the other actors already recorded their lines. So you already know how they're going to react. In some sense with rehearsal, you do with a live actor, but the most good actors who act live always save a little bit of, of juice for when they're performing or they adapt based on what you do or they try to challenge you in ways that they weren't able to the first take, you know, so they're, they're actively trying to make you a better performer by giving you stuff to work with. You don't necessarily get that immediate response from a recorded voice, but you can hear what they're trying to do and you can have those same reactions. So there's something that's easier about it, but it's also harder. It's harder to generate the organic reality of speaking with another human being when there's no actual other human being there. But the ease of it is that you don't have that obligation or responsibility. So you can kind of just, I don't want to say you can act in a vacuum, but you're you have resources freed up to you uh, that would otherwise be engaged. You know, you can, ex a lot of times with the anime, you're extending out into the, the imagination of the world rather than the, the, the heightened attention you have to place on the other character specifically when you're acting with them there in person. 
that's that's profound because honestly that, that, I, I i understand what you're saying because one of the individuals that i'll have on my show from time to time uh well i guess every monday uh dos postman we resonate off of each other's reactions right and so he'll do something and because of that i know synergistically to be able to roll into this next little improv bit because of our you know understanding of each other's in the moment so when you go ahead and say you know trying to create conversational lines that makes so much more sense because when I would do things like TikTok and try to, you know, I'd be all the characters because obviously you're, you're on a budget. You can't really afford any other actors, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, so I'm this person. I'm going to put this wig on, on this person now. And then trying to create that, the real conversation, like in my head, it's there. But when it came to the performing aspect, I was missing out on it. So that's actually really um, eye-opening to hear that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's different. It's a bit, uh, For me, it's always more fun. It's It takes a little bit higher level of attention higher level of skill when you're performing with another human being uh, live um, but they're both I mean they're both acting challenges for sure did you happen to have any more questions Flippy Flam? oh man what he last said there just rolls into the next one is what are what are the biggest differences between voice acting and just acting yeah I mean I, I really just kind of rolled th rolled through them and uh, but I mean the, the 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 big difference is you're acting with someone else now that's said that's theater that i mm -hmm. mean like you're, you're acting with someone else in theater generally speaking with film you're gonna get a good master shot where the camera's back pretty far and you get to do the whole scene depending on how the director works and that will feel like it does when you're on stage but as soon as you start chopping the scene into bits covering it you know over my left shoulder over his right shoulder uh you know close up you know like and you start just taking pieces of it here and there it's a very similar uh that aspect of filmmaking is very similar to the voice acting um aspect of it where you're yeah where you're technically you try to be there you're trying to have this you know and and when it comes to your close-up you're going to take some extra time that's going to be the money shot you're going to work hard to you know um make sure you are fully grounded and fully connected for that shot not that you weren't on the master the master is kind of a great place to lay all that stuff in but there's an art form to that technical aspect of of filmmaking where and once again again you know to go back to what we started with it comes back to efficiency you cannot you try to bring it when you're off camera for your fellow actor but you don't have to bring it as hard you you as a matter of fact it's a little rude to bring it too hard when they're doing their close-up and you're like you want to give it to them you want to give them all the energy you can you don't want to you know yeah i mean it depends on the scene but you don't want to you don't want to impose your off-screen self into their on-screen life you want to give them the the performance that they had previously and maybe goose them a little here or there maybe give them a little extra something but you don't want to throw them off you want to you want to just make sure they're on their toes it makes people a good actor if they're not necessarily uh certain what to expect and some actors don't like that they want it to be the same every single time and they'll tell you and then you comply but for me I like to make sure that I'm given I'm given the the partner I have in the scene something new to work with something to play with something to react to so that they're not um, so that they have the option if they want to do something different. It's funny. I'm glad you said that because I know a lot of times when we were doing uh, different lines or parts where you would say, hey, OK, I want you to do it a little bit differently like this way this time. Or, you know, when I say this word, go ahead and take that and now perform the same exact lines you're doing before, but with this in mind. Uh, and so it sounds like that's another aspect of that, twisting it here, tweaking it there and getting a little bit more out of the um, acting profile of an individual. Yeah, you. I mean, you're 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 as good as your partner is in your scene. But if you're a better partner to them, then, you know, like if you like being the best partner in a scene is going to make your partner look like a better actor, which in turn makes you look like a better actor. And when everybody's cooking at that right level, nobody's noticing the acting at all. And that's when it's the best, when everybody's just fully immersed in the story and we're not thinking about what the actors are doing. That's that's so that's my thing for me when I'm taking in, be it anime, taking in movies, I want to have the feeling of immersion. I don't mm -hmm. want to be broken from that. And so it's funny that that's the same exact thing from the actual application of being the actor. Yeah, 
you're being immersed that, that that's what you want to be doing and giving obviously unless you know someone states otherwise like you make me uncomfortable when you do that it's like oh right well, i'm sorry <laughs> now i know precisely <laughs> i don't want to cut off lib if he has any other questions here I, I think that's all i have written down here all right amazing i mean honestly like you're talking about the Very amazing the other person to the other person making them better i know flippity flam makes makes me better and and shoot i know chuck you made our podcast better today thank you so much well that is you. my my pleasure thanks for having me on guys absolutely uh you know what though we don't want to leave people with just nothing chuck what, what, what are any exciting things that you want to talk about before uh we go ahead and end this amazing episode well i mean uh, I, you you had the distinction of being in one of the last master classes that i'm teaching for a while i'm taking a little sabbatical to work on some other projects some writing projects some film producing projects and i just need my head in that game for i don't know maybe the next three months or six months so i'm not really i don't really have anything to plug but i did i had passed off now voice this to these uh uh, game pro voiceover demo guys uh and they've been running now voice this so i just encourage everyone to go check out now voice this at now voice this on twitter like uh see what's happening man because it's a thing i started like five years ago and finally was able to pass it off to other people and so we'll you know god willing continue on for you know another third i'd love to be 80 years old and be like i started that when i was 50 you know that'd be fun and I'm glad you brought that one up of all the things to, to talk about that. That's how I found you was now voice this one. Wow. That long ago. Wow. That's really awesome. Now voice this one is where I had found Chuck Uber. And I can't remember how it just happened to come on my feed. I saw it. and I'm like, guys, I'm going to do this. And this is early on when I started to know Flippity Flam from that. And then took from that obviously i was devastated i didn't go on i was i wasn't good enough what was wrong with me <laughs> you know then came i want to say now voice this seven it was the next one that i had done to obviously there's quite a few in between there before my brain was wrapped around the idea of hey you know what i've got this creative space again in my brain to be able to tackle this i'm ready to go ahead and do this and it's only gotten better and better since then it's just so funny to hear where you started with it how you pass along to people that sound like they're really excited to make this very big and they've been very responsive i've been talking to them on the side a little bit just to make sure they have my registration and everything um it, it, it sounds like it's in good hands oh it's in very good like they're already the the it, like i was a one-man show for a long time you mm -hmm. know it was just me running it basically and hiring judges behind the scenes but all the all the data crunching and emails and all that stuff was just on me and i'm a pretty busy guy so mm -hmm. it was always a big uh, mental weight when i was running now voice this and it is just a pleasure to see it continue on without me doing a single thing for it like like that's the true test is uh, when you're able to you know get a thing on its feet and you're not there for it at all that's what we do with our children so same thing we do with our art projects <coughs> well that's that's absolutely wonderful thank you so much chuck for for being here for providing individuals with insight for providing platforms such as now voice this so people can you know test the waters without you know fear of a judgment that would ruin their career or something that's right uh, mm -hmm. it's just it's so exciting because i know it made an impact on me that you res you responded to me that, that that blew my mind like i, I was like <laughs> wait chuck responded to me like this is like oh my god like that made a huge difference and, and because of individuals like yourself that go a little bit further it, it's made an impact on many individuals out there with trying to go after their dreams that's great that's great everybody should nobody should nobody should be stopped from going for their dreams because even if you don't because voice acting was not my dream i had a different dream but i ended up with a voice acting career and it was amazing and had i had the, you know had i said oh i'm gonna hold on to this one dream and not take the dream that's emerging before me you you miss out so uh, just go for it. That's what I say. So awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Chuck. And thank you, Dreamers, for tuning on in. Family, love you as always. And bye-bye.